Thank you, PT. I want to honor our bishop. Wait, how come the clock is already running? Uh, no, don't try me. See, when Dr. Irvin was here, he did a whole concert. And this clock was not running. Last week, Tommy went over time. This clock was not running. I'm homo, I'm, I'm you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we need to reset. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to thank God for our bishop. Let's celebrate bishop. He's on sabbatical. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And our first lady, our mama ELC, is in the house. Please honor her. Hallelujah. And as long as God gives me breath, and even when they are here and gone to heaven, I'm always going to honor Mother Cummings and Mother Green. Please celebrate them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to get this greeting. Ah, this clock. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the most beautiful woman God created. Come on, baby, stand up. Ah. Hey, Jesus. You want to know how I got her? Can I, should I tell you? And every time I close my eyes, I thank the Lord that I got you. And you got me too. Hi. And every time I think of it, I pinch myself because I don't believe it's true. That is how you find the flame. Amen. We're blessed with three offspring. Uh, Beulah is here. Beulah is the first offspring. Beulah, stand up and say hi. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Jadon, who is fast, getting taller than everybody. This is Jadon. A oh boy, shock. Amen. And then there's an experience called Ruby. But Ruby is praying for us right now, so she can't say hi to you. Amen. I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to thank all our elders and our deacons. Everybody here, I consider my parents, and you know it. I celebrate you, and I honor you from the bottom of my heart. Our pastors, our executive pastor, and everybody. And of course, I have to thank the men's ministry and Brother Henne that leads us. God bless you, sir, for all you do. And I want to thank my family, Restoring Worship. Hallelujah. You see, I didn't even know we were doing black and white today. This spirit is powerful. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we're continuing our journey this summer. A journey with Jesus. Right? And in this journey with Jesus, I don't know about you, but when I meet you, after a while, I'm really going to start wondering of what benefit are you? Where are we going with this relationship? If you're not impacting me, there's a lot of men I've had to get rid of my life because as God brought people like Uncle Tade in and Uncle Cam in, there are people that had to exit. Because they were of no benefit. Amen? Hallelujah. So this morning on our journey with Jesus, we're going to talk about the benefits. Our benefits in Christ. My title of my message this morning is called Pentecostal Benefits. And when you think about benefits, if I say, oh, let's name the benefits of being a Christian right now. We're going to talk about healing. Uh, you know, uh, Simone, help me. Uh, deliverance, you know, all those things. Joy, freedom, huh? Breakthrough, yeah. So you see, all these Christianese are the first thing that comes to our mind. But we have benefits that we're not even paying attention to. And because of that, we're missing out. And sometimes the devil has been able to fool us to think it's unrighteousness to desire benefits. But we're going to see in the scriptures today that God himself is a fair God. So, 
I have two cards in my pocket. If I can find it. All these Nigerian clothes. No. Amen. So, can you see these cards in my hand? Uh-huh. So, one is Bank of America, right? And one says uh, health equity, right? Don't show this number. There's money in this thing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, this one is where my salary goes when I get paid, right? This is that one Deborah is always monitoring, this one. In, you, you know? Yeah, you get what I mean. So, this one is where my money goes. The money goes when I get paid. But this one is a health savings card. This card is loaded with benefits. Just because I showed up to work, I may not have even logged in. I may not have done anything that day, but my benefits are here. So recently, I needed to change my glasses, and I went to Lens Crafters, and I changed my glasses, and glasses are really expensive. If you wear glasses here, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Glasses are really expensive. So I changed my glasses, and of course, they charged, and they took their money. And when I told, when I called um, Deborah, I said, oh, I found the glasses, I'm done, I'm giving it. The first question she asked me, I hope you use the HSA card. I was like, oh. So, every year, the company I work for, they load 7,500 on this HSA card that I'm free to use as part of my benefits that any family member can use. As far as this medical stuff, you know, I can go. So I started doing my gro grocery at Walgreens because it falls under medical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, you will pay for this tip I just gave you. <laughs> Why would I go to Market Basket or Costco or whatever and buy tissue paper and lotion and all that when I can go to Walgreens and use the health savings card? But guess what? Even though I had all that money loaded on the health savings card, I didn't use it. Because my mind was programmed to go to Bank of America card. But I have all this money, and it expires every 12 months. Right? And I missed using the benefits. And I was working in my own strength, where my life is loaded with benefits that I could have used. That is what a lot of us are doing. So, let's read the first scripture. Isaiah 45, verse 19. It says, I have not spoken in secret. In a corner, a land of darkness, I did not say to the descendants of Jacob, seek me in vain with no benefits for yourself. This is the Lord talking. I, the Lord, speak righteousness, the true trustworthy, a straightforward correlation between deeds and words, declaring things that are upright. You see, if I'm telling you something if I'm making you a promise and I don't want you to be able to hold me to it, I'll take you to a corner. And I'll whisper it so that there's no witnesses. So nobody else heard it. But here, God is saying, when I made you a promise, I did not do it in a corner. I did not do it in a dark room. When I told you to follow me, I didn't call you to follow me without benefits for yourself. But the devil does fool us into thinking that when you ask God for a good house, or you ask God for good health, or you ask God for this, for the benefits that are already yours, that it's unrighteousness or it's pride. No. It is a lie from the pit of hell. He did not call you to serve him or follow him in vain. Now tell your neighbor you have benefits. Tell him you have benefits. Claim your benefits. It's too hot up here. Amen? So let's look at some of them. We're going to consider two benefits. Because of time, we're going to consider just two benefits this morning. And the first one we're going to consider is what I call our shared vulnerability. This will never come to your mind when you're thinking about your benefits in Christ or benefits in following Jesus. Our shared vulnerability. 
I don't know if you noticed a few seconds ago when they were taking in the new members in PT. Did you notice the lady, I, I didn't get her name, that was standing here? She was shedding tears of joy. That's vulnerability. The joy of being part of a family. She couldn't hold it in. It didn't matter who was looking at her. It didn't matter if her makeup was going to run. She was even wearing a white jacket, and it didn't stop her. She shed tears. That's vulnerability. So let's see how our shared vulnerability can be a blessing to all of us. <clears throat> I'm going to call Beulah to read. Come, Beulah. Come on, come on, come on. Hurry up. Take your mic. Get your mic. Get your mic. Hallelujah. And the next scripture we're reading is 2 Kings from verse 4. Sorry, chapter 4, 1 to 7. Hello. Good morning. Uh, okay. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slave. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar, a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left. Amen. Thank you. Amen. And the next scripture is Luke chapter 1, verse 58. Her neighbors and relatives had that the Lord has shown his great mercy towards her, and they rejoiced. They were rejoicing with her. So here, we're going we're gonna to consider three focal points. We're going to talk about Elisha, we're going to talk about the widow, and we're going to talk about her neighborhood, her community. Shared vulnerability. How is this working in this scripture? This is a widow that people, her creditors wanted to take. They're coming for their money because their husband is dead. So already in this, in this community, she's already looked down upon. You know? Listen, only a widow can tell a widow, I know what you're going through. So now she's a single mother. On top of being a widow, she's a single mother with two sons to feed. And here she is, talking to the man of God. And she's telling the man of God, this is what's happening. My husband is dead. And the creditors are here. This is what they want to do. They want to do that, asking for their money. I'm going through so much and everything. And the man of God says, go to your neighbors and ask them for empty pots. Does that make sense? It is very important that this next six months, in the year 2023, that you're able to get here. That you're able to hear God's voice. Because we have to go to a place, go from a place of making decisions to a place of receiving decisions. This man of God told her, go and do this. Because he has heard an instruction from above. It didn't, it didn't have to make sense. She said, go to these same neighbors that you're owing. These are the same people she's owing. How can you be telling me to go to the same? I'm telling you these people want their money. Some of these men have been coming to my house trying to sleep with me because my husband is no longer here and because I'm owing them. Some of them are daily. You don't even know what's being talked about me. In the streets right now, you don't even know what people are saying. They're gossiping, they're backbiting, they're manipulating situations just to look down on me. They don't even invite me to their parties anymore. And you're telling me to go, to be vulnerable, and still go back to this community and ask for empty thoughts. God is asking us this morning, keep bringing your empty thoughts to me. Gather them, bring them to me. 
bring those empty spaces, those places of pain, those places, those cars. I know they're talking. I know they're gossiping. I know they're manipulating schedules to deny you opportunities. I know what they're doing at work. They send emails and they don't invite you to meetings and they take credit for the work you've done. Bring it to me anyway. Keep coming. Keep bringing it to me. You may be somebody like me and now every day I, I, I wake up and I say, God, it's been six years and I'm still waiting for my baby to call me daddy. And you're telling me to keep trusting you. You're telling me to keep bringing my thoughts. You're telling me to keep coming. To keep coming. And, you, and, you, and you're telling me to keep talking about it publicly. You're making me vulnerable. It is painful. It is painful. But you're telling me to keep doing it. So you may be here saying me you don't understand. You know, in my 20s, I served God. In my 30s, I served God. Here I am in my 40s. I'm still not married. What's going on? And you're telling me to keep serving. And you're telling me to keep bringing my empty pots to God. You know, you may be, you, you, you may be, you may be at work. You say, man, I've, I've served and I've worked and I've worked. No promotions. And you're telling me to keep coming? And God said, yes, keep coming. Because, I said, but, but I, I kept thinking about it. I said, why, why, why? I was asking the Holy Spirit, why? He said, listen, 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 listen. Everybody pay attention. Listen. The reason why I want you to go to them is because my Bible says that we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. What God is getting ready to do, you don't have enough friends to bear witness to it. What God is getting ready to do in your life, you don't have enough friends to talk about it. Do you know there's a kind of miracle that God will perform? If you're the only one that experienced it, that knew when you were going through it, and then God brought you through, when you testify about it, people will say you're lying. That is why God is still going to have people that are envious, people that are enemies. He's going to have them bearing witness. He's gathering a cloud of witnesses so that when he does it, when he does it, he will leave no man in doubt. Let, let me tell you something. You think it was easy when Mother Green and, and Lady Carmen and Bishop, when they were little and they had to bring Uncle Kevin into church on a wheelchair. This is the pastor's wife. Several times she prayed for other people's children and they got healed. And her son was in a wheelchair. You think it was easy? You think it was fun? But God was gathering a cloud of witnesses. Because the day that Uncle Kevin got up as a little boy and started walking, everybody bore witness. The whole of Cambridge heard about it. The whole of Boston heard about it. Everybody heard about it. But it required them being vulnerable first. It is still true, you single mother. It is true, true, you the widow. It's still true, you that's looked upon, looked down upon. You that is called the one with bad credit, the one called uneducated. It is still true, you that God is about to bring an abundance, and it's not just gonna be for you. It's gonna go beyond you to your children, beyond your children to your community. It's gonna go from there to nations. I'm telling you what God is about to do here in the next six months of this year. You better get ready. Get ready for a new. Get ready for an outpouring. Get ready because you do not have room to contain it. So he's going to say, keep, keep bringing it. Keep bringing the empty pots. He said, go and gather empty pots. Now remember, those neighbors, they showed vulnerability too by giving her their empty pots. Because it signifies that they are admitting that they also have emptiness in their house. They also have lack. They also have empty places. They also have pain. They also have disappointments. Because there are neighbors that didn't give her. That's the truth. You know there's no way everybody in that community gave her. Because there's going to be those that are saying, what does she need all these spots for? What is she starting a new business for? What is she going back to school for? How dare she? So they're not going to give her the empty pots. I don't know what she's doing. And then there are some of them that were gossiping and saying, she must think we are fools. Ah, uh, really? Yeah, there's a man of God in her house, a man of God. And that's the day she chooses to send these children away. Do you know how long it's going to take these boys to go through the whole neighborhood? What do you think is happening? 
Ah, oh, she thinks we're fools, eh? Then, Shut up! Before you bring condemnation on yourself and your generation. This is why Zachariah was made dumb. Because with the same mouth, he asked for a son. Uh-uh. Mary received the same message, ELC. From the same angel, and with the same response, how can this be? But Zachariah gave the exact same response, but Zachariah was made dumb. Why? Mary did not ask for a son. Zachariah asked for a son. But with the same mouth, he asked for a son. He doubted God. And God said, before you destroy any more of the things I want to do in your life, your mouth, shut it, shut up. If you don't shut your mouth about things you don't know, God will shut it for you. Be very careful. So he told her, keep bringing the pots. Go and gather more. Gather empty pots. Don't you know what they're saying? I know what they're saying. But as they're gossiping, God is going to be busy pouring. As they're talking, he's busy pouring. Pity, help me preach this thing. I need you to scream pouring when I say it. I said, God is busy. As they're gossiping, God is into your husband, into your children, into your job, into your finances. What? 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 Come on, lift your hands and shout hallelujah in this hour. And he poured. And he poured. While the gossip was going on. While the manipulations were going on. While the envy was going on. If you can just stay focused. If you can just stay consistent. Don't get distracted. Do what God has told you to do. Focus. It doesn't, you don't need the accolades anyway. Come on, focus. Don't get distracted by anybody or what they have or what they're wearing. How do you expect my praise to be the same with yours? Has God done for you what he's done for me? You're threatened by the size of my praise? I am sorry. The problem here is not the bigness of my praise. It's that your praise is too small. Don't lose focus. Today we're going to open the altar for people to bring those empty parts to God. Those empty spaces, those pain, that pain that you're carrying, but you still have to serve with it. You still have to give with it. You still have to tell people, welcome to service, but you're burning inside. Your, your heart is so heavy, but you still show up and you put on your t-shirt and you have to smile for people that are frowning. That's vulnerability. But there's a reward. And when God does his, what he does, he does it to overflow. He does it, this, listen, Jesus doesn't just, Jesus doesn't come to you to maintain the status quo. Uh -uh. My Bible says that the path of the righteous shines brighter. It goes from glory to glory. And when he does what he's going to do, you're going to need witnesses. And he's going to include your enemies. Why? That's why he warned you ahead. I prepare a table before you in the presence of who? See, if you're still eating on a table that is just your friends, eh? you're, in a, you're in elementary level of grace. Pray that you come to the place where you're eating on a table surrounded by your enemies. That's a, a table that only God can set. And where God sets a table, there are no calories. It's not the one you'll be eating with guilt. <laughs> you'll be eating, Deborah will be telling you, you have crossfit tomorrow. <laughs> Those Christians. <laughs> Amen? Amen? There is abundance. The Bible says that the oil flowed and flowed and flowed. And when she couldn't bring any more pots, what happened? It stopped. God is only going to stop pouring when you stop bringing. When you stop being vulnerable, when you stop sharing with your brethren, if you're going through something, talk to somebody. Don't worry. 
whether they're going to laugh, don't worry. There is a secret inside it. God will hide something you need in someone else just to keep you humble so that the glory remains his. We recorded a new song. I recorded a new song last week featuring Neil. Where's Neil? Neil, wave. I call her the voice. Do you believe Neil can sing? Now, Neil is not just a singer. She's anointed. So when God gave me a song titled Love Adonai, I was thinking about who to feature on this song. I knew Amy. In fact, you should just do Kirk Franklin on this or just talk. This song is not for you to sing. <laughs> Sorry, Kirk. And I said, who am I going to call? Now, I could have spent my time being jealous of Neil. I could have spent my time denying her an opportunity or a platform. And then I miss out on what God has put in her for that song. And guess what's even more dangerous? The body of Christ will miss out on what God has put in her. Every time you resist, every time you block an opportunity, every time you manipulate because you're in a position of leadership and you deny people the opportunity to do what God has called them to do. You're poking your hands in God's eyes. It's a very dangerous thing. May he show you mercy. That's my prayer for you. Because if the wrath of God comes on you, listen, child of God, anything that has anything to do with blocking another person's progress, run away from it. Have nothing to do with it. And wait till you hear this song. And then we call Tommy to produce. Tommy comes. I said, okay, what are we going to do about the album, about the sleeve? How are we going to release this and everything? I said, I have Sonaya. Sonaya is a, is a social media genius. Guess what? I haven't even stepped out of PT. And everything I need is here. <laughs> Shared vulnerability. We're going to bring those parts to God this morning. And he's going to fill it to overflow. And guess what? Because there was now so much oil in her house. Do you think anybody in that neighborhood lacked oil, uncle? Nobody. Even her enemies did not lack oil. They all came and did what? Rejoiced. Your enemies will rejoice with you. Oh, you're not hearing me. I said your enemies will rejoice with you. Your friends will rejoice with you, Sarah. Your enemies will rejoice to you and they will bear witness. That God has shown you great mercy. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. That hallelujah, that hallelujah has COVID. I said, if you believe that, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next, we're going to talk about about to mess with your theology. A lot of Christians are not going to like this, but it's the Bible, it's not me. How many people here want to be famous? As Bishop will say, I'm not a deep guy. <laughs> yes, you can see, I'm not deep. <laughs> I'm the other way. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many people here want to be famous? Nobody wants to be famous. Okay, well, let's see what the Bible says about fame. Fame is actually who? Jay. Stand up, boy. You look sharp. Come, come. Get your mic because you're about to read the Bible. Come. Tailored. Tailored. Hey, please clap. Now. If you have a daughter here that will need husband one day, you better clap for my son. Oh. You come, I'll tell you, eh, but I say you didn't clap. That, uh, no. And you want a good man for your daughter. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to behave. Let's talk about fame. Fame is a benefit in following Jesus. So, Jay, read this one Mark chapter 1, verse 27 to 28. And they were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? 
For with authority commandeth he even the, the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. Amen. Thank you, bro. Now, it says what? His fame did what? Did you guys read it? His fame did what? His fame did what? And I know there's some people here that will say, eh, but that was Jesus now. Okay, so let's see a human being like you and I, Andrea. Let's go to Joshua chapter 6, verse 27. It says, so the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread what? And his fame spread throughout the land, right? Let's read some more. Zechariah chapter 6, verse 12 to 13. Sorry, I'm rushing, since they've refused to pause the clock. Then... So it says, then this message came from God to me. Take off a collection from the exiles, Target, Heldai, Tobiah, and Jedi. They've just arrived from Babylon. You will find them at the home of Josiah, son of Zephaniah. Collect silver and gold from them and fashion crowns. Place one on the head of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and give him this message. A message from God of angels' armies. Be alert. This is God. The God of angel armies. He's speaking. Be alert. We have a man here whose name is Branch, Messiah, talking about Jesus. He will branch out from where he is and build a temple of what? Royalty. Take this place on the throne. Take his place on the throne and rule. A priest sitting on the throne, showing that king and priest can coexist in harmony. Stay with me. One more. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What am I talking about? Fame. How does this come to a child of God? Two things. He says he's a priest sitting on his throne. Priests don't sit on thrones. Kings sit on thrones. How come he's a priest? sitting on the throne. That's because he's preparing you and I for a dual purpose. Every single one of us is going to serve a dual purpose. For the rest of your life as a child of God, you're going to serve as a king and you're going to serve as a priest. You're going to do it, one, through your profession and your vocation. Do I have any teacher in the house? Um, maybe for someone. Auntie, you're a teacher. Okay, stand up. At least I know I can mess with you. Uh, so, my sister here is a teacher, right? So, that means she's teaching young minds. You're teaching people that are just coming into their self. They don't even know, some of them don't even know what they're going to do with their lives. But I know, knowing you, that if you see somebody that is bullying other students, you can't take it. You will never let the person get away with bullying people, right? No way. Because the king in you will rebuke that person. And say, you better stop or you will face the consequences. But the same you that just served as a king, the next second, you're going to go to that student that was being bullied. And you're going to comfort them tenderly, like a priest. Say, don't worry. Nothing is going to happen to you as far as I'm here. You're serving a dual purpose. Why? Because you're a king and a priest. You must know when to switch from being a king and to being a priest, everywhere you go to, at work, at home, wherever God sends you to, you're going to serve those two purposes. That's why Jesus himself did it ahead of time by being a priest, sitting on the throne, so that nobody can tell you, Sister D, that you cannot do this or you can't do that. Because as long as you know that this is the right thing to do, you have been empowered to do it. And as you do it, the fame is going to spread. That when it comes to Sister Didre, her, her, her clients are different. There's something about the way you dress. There's something about the way your students behave. They don't act out. Why? It's going to start spreading. Your fame is going to start spreading. People will say, any student that is giving you any problems, send them to her class. She knows how to put them in check. She knows how to patiently nurture them. She knows how to build them because she understands that they are a chosen generation. They are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The worst mistake you can make is to see me and treat me and address me and see me as just an individual. Big mistake. I am a nation. Russia is quickly finding out what it means to mess with a nation just because you think you can run them over. They are quickly finding out. 
than a nation that knows itself will stand its ground and resist you. So as long as you're performing that duty of a king and a priest through your profession and your vocation, you're being productive. This is where the problem is. Are you a productive nation? Or are you just one that consumes? You consume hate. You consume envy. You consume jealousy. You consume everything you shouldn't consume. That's what you're consuming. When are you going to have the time to produce? You must become a productive nation. Because productive nations do business with productive nations. Productive nations that are not productive get colonized by the productive nations. But if you're productive, other nations will come to you. Man, I like the way you do this. I like the way you say you're welcome to service. I like the way you do this. I like the way you did this. I like this. I see your children. I see your business. I see this. Man, how, what are you doing? How are you doing it? Because I want to be productive too. But if you're productive, there's no way fame can elude you. That's why the Bible said, arise and shine. Child of God, get used to shining. Arise and shine. For what? Your light has come. It says men do not light a candle and put it under a table. They put it on a table where it can give what? Light to everybody. You are light. There's no way you can shine. Even if you tried not to. Even if you tried not to ELC. See, you're smiling already. Even if you try. You can't frown. You have to shine. You are called into this earth to shine. You cannot give up what God has called you to do. It is so important that you are a nation, that you walk like a nation, that you dress like a nation, that when you come into a room, they know a presence just came in here. Somebody carrying glory just came in here because heaven is on your side. The kingdom is on your side. The earnest expectations of the, of the children of the world are waiting for your manifestation. Let me tell you why I chase everything God has promised me. Because I have a revelation of my future. I have a revelation of where I'm going. Of what my life is supposed to look like. Of the kind of house I want to look, live in. Because I know I like to host. So I'm going to need a big kitchen. I like to take money. Growing up, every missionary that was traveling spent the night in our house. That's the way I was raised. So I want a house that can... Ho I have an auntie here. She's smiling because she knows I'm saying the truth. See, that's the kind of house I want. A house that has rooms for prophets. So when you see me build my house and you're envying it, it's foolishness. Doesn't make sense, right? You must be productive. Spend your time producing you must be productive. I can't give up. I can't stop. Because this is the way I imagine it. Can you put up the picture of uh, Aiden and, jo and, and Jadon for me, please? Aiden, come. Jadon, come. Aiden, come. Hurry, 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 hurry. My time is almost up. Come, come, come. Man, Jesus. Come, come. Let me show you. Look at these two guys. Can you hold each other the way you're doing? Before and after. <laughs> these are the same people, though. I'm coming up here because... <laughs> You people, you people are very disrespectful. <laughs> Look up to me. This is the way I dream. This is the way I imagine it. Face them. I imagine that a day will soon come that Aiden and Jaden are at a college and Aiden calls his brother Jaden. Man, I'm working on this thing. There's a new concept I have. And man, I don't know what I'm going to do. We're going to need a lab. We're going to need to build a whole new lab for what I'm about to do, what God has put in my spirit to do. Man, what do you think? What are we going to do? And what I want to hear that day is for Jadon to say, man, you know my, my dad owns acres and acres of land. Land is not our problem. Land is not our problem. We just need to decide where we want to put it. Then Aiden goes, man, but we need money, man. We need money. How are we going to raise money? 
And the other one is like, what are you talking about? You need money. Uh, your parents sit on the board of a bank, right? <laughs> and then Aiden goes, and then Aiden goes, oh, yeah, that's true. But man, you got to catch up, man. They don't sit on the board. They own the bank now. <laughs> are you getting it? Are you getting it? Then Aiden goes, man, but we need somebody that understands food and how to apply it to technology. This thing God is giving me is so novel, it's so new. It, you know, we need someone that can, that can help us articulate the message. You know, and Jadon goes, come on, man, we need to call Uncle Fred. You know, he's a professor, man. I mean, he's, he's what do they call that thing when they can't fire you anymore? <laughs> uh -huh, he's tenured. <laughs> somebody shout hallelujah. Say he's tenured. Let's talk to Uncle Fred. I think, I think if we just explain it, he'll, man, he, he, he knows this thing. He, he knows food. He teaches food. He can help us birth this thing. And then Jadon goes, but we need Lego, man. We need somebody in Lego. Who is going to help us with Lego? Jadon said, well, we can talk to him. Fine, you know, he, she went to law school. <laughs> you know? Yeah, let's get him from your board. And then Aiden says, okay, publicity, what are we going to do about social media? Jadon said, man, have you seen Michelle Watson's Facebook? <laughs> Aiden says, little Michelle. Jadon, no, there's nothing little about Michelle anymore. <laughs> man, you need to see what she's doing with her social media. Do you know she just raised over a million dollars online for missions? And this is what she helps organizations do. He said, man, what are we doing? Are you serious? And she's not even out of college, man, and she's making that kind of money. And guess what? All this conversation is happening, and they haven't even left PT. So, so when we raise this phone, how are we going to manage it? How are we going to fund? How are we going to manage it? How are we going to make sure we're not making mistakes? We're not wasting money? He said, well, that's why we have Uncle Tade. He's an economist, man. Let's go talk to Uncle Tade. He will tell us how to put this money right. He'll tell us how to make it go far. Right? He said, but man, you know all these things we're planning is not going to work without prayers, man. So we need somebody praying for us. He said, well, there's this basket they call prayer request at midnight prayer and morning prayer. We just need to put this business in there. And Aiden goes, yeah, I know, man, but we need some fire, you know. They don't go, but that's why our mothers are Nigerians. <laughs> Man, have you seen your mother praying? Demons tremble. <laughs> go sit down, gentlemen. <laughs> that is how productive nations move. That's how exploits. That's how fame comes to the child of God. Because it is still for the propagation of the gospel and the expansion of God's kingdom. This, this, listen, this thing with not understanding who you are in Christ. Do you know it's even affecting our brothers from getting married? Because some of our brothers, and I've had guys talk to me, they feel, Amy, I don't think I can make a good husband. I didn't have a good example. I don't think I can be a good father. I mean, I don't even think I can, you know. And some of them, it, it's, it's made them so timid. Dude, you're a king and a priest. It is not a statement of pride. It's a statement of identity. So we leave this, this as waiting and waiting and waiting. But, and while you, they wait, all these other guys outside are just shooting their shots. Like, you know, for those of you that don't understand what shooting your shots is. Because uh, Papa Ray is looking at me like, what is that? <laughs> All these other men are trying to get their attention. And you know you want to talk to this sister. Every Sunday you position yourself. At the door you know she exits from. <laughs> and you go, how are you, sister? I'm fine. <laughs> how was your week? It was good. Okay, have a blessed week. Next Sunday, you position yourself again. How are you, sister? How was your week? Okay, have a... Uh-uh. Is your calling in life greater in Christ? 
You have greeted her enough. Ask her out. Don't ever leave a lady wondering where she stands with you. That's witchcraft in Christ. Let me tell you something. Eh? Listen. There is a level of favor you will not come into till you marry. The Bible says that he that findeth a wife and obtaineth. So if you're waiting for a million dollars, God may not give it to you because you know you can't manage it alone. See, when I married Deborah, I was poor. Chai. God punished poverty. I was poor. But when I saw her, I said, nobody that was born of a woman is taking this girl from me. I thought that this is who I am. This is where I'm going. I wrote a few poems from Song of Solomon. <laughs> it's the word of God. You don't need copyright. <laughs> and then by the time I sang to her, she dismissed everybody else. I was poor. We didn't, I didn't have any, but I said, God, I am ready to obtain favor. And guess what? That same me that had, in fact, I started my first business three months to our wedding. God grew it from zero clients to 25 in three months. It was a medical billing business in Houston, Texas. I'm telling you, what God can do does not exist. God can move. Once you tell God, I'm ready to trust you with this, with this issue of marriage, especially this issue of marriage, because God wants us to raise godly families. He says the children of the righteous are like arrows shot out. So there's no way God cannot sponsor his own project. Trust him, bro. This same me, this past Mother's Day, I gifted her a Mercedes Benz. If you think it's easy, that's your business. If you're going to clap for me, clap for me where? Yeah. I gifted her a Mercedes, but let me tell you something, my brother. There are gifts you will give to a woman of God. <laughs> it will invoke unction. Hey, Jesus. Let me tell you something. That whole week that Deborah was driving our car, this boy of God was minister to. <laughs> you know this song, uh, you will sing it with me, this song that says, uh, day and night, night and day. Ah, it took a whole new meaning for me. Yeah, so. <laughs> so, day and night, night and day, let mm -mm arise. We'll do mm -mm because a lot of things were rising and incense wasn't one of them. Amen. Praise the Lord. You don't want to sing. Okay. I know I was minister to. Amen. Be a productive nation at home. Be a productive nation outside. Because this, this thing of not knowing our identity, it, it can mess us up. If you don't understand who you are as a nation, my sister, this is how you end up marrying a really bad person. Because you say, oh, I'm asparagus, and he's spirogyra. I'm scorpion, and he's syphilis. I am, what's the, sorry, what are these zodiac signs? Darren, I know you know the zodiac signs. What are the zodiac signs? Eh? Tell me now, I don't have time. Eh? Saji. Uh -huh. What's another one? Irios, Iris, Cancer. <laughs> but does this make sense? How can a child of God, how can somebody that's made in the image of Christ, you're called a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar person called to show, how can you open your mouth and say, I am Cancer? He is Leo. And when I look at it, it says we're compatible. Do you know what you're doing? Let's read that, let's read that last verse, please. 
I want you to see it for yourself. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know I'm going over time. I'm sorry, Elder Joyce. Um, Zechariah chapter 10, verse 2. The idols speak deceitfully. Diviners see visions that what? They tell dreams that are? They give comfort in vain. Therefore, the people wander like sheep oppressed for lack of a shepherd. What you're doing is you're listening to lying idols. So you end up in entanglements. You end up being abused. You end up, and he's cheating on you. And now you're, you're wondering. God wants a soulmate for you, not somebody that is hotspot, used by entire community. This is serious. Before you know it, you're back in the counseling room where you should have started anyway. And you say, I don't know what happened. He changed on me. He didn't change. You were listening to lying idols. And, but, 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 the Roman uncle he said he loves me for the, he said he loved me from the bottom of his heart. From the bottom and you believed him. <laughs> what about the top? Because if they are loving you from the bottom, chances are, Somebody else is being loved from where? Tell your neighbor. Verify. Verify who they are loving from the top. Tell your neighbor. Verify who they are loving from the top. Before you let them get on top. This is very important. This is very important. You are a nation. I'm going to conclude with this. I want to tell you the story about, can you put up that uh, picture of um, Air Jordan, please, for me? Air Force One, thank you. This shoe. So this is the, how this shoe was done by Nike. In 1984, the basketball market share, please listen, Converse, the brand Converse had 54%. 54%. Adidas had 29%. Nike had only 17%. I'm talking about someone that has become a nation. And before I finish this story, I want to tell you something. Do you know that at 23, Oprah Winfrey was fired by the network she was working for? Right? Now, if you look at her now, would you say they made a mistake? Huh? No, they didn't make a mistake. Because they didn't fire Oprah Winfrey. They fired a 23-year-old 20, 20, so she can go ahead and become a nation called Oprah Winfrey. Now, the rule from the NBA was this. 51% of all NBA shoes must be white. 54% of the shoe itself must be in the color what? White. But Nike... And what happens is, if it's not that, you're going to pay $5,000 per game. That's the fine. But Nike wanted to create something peculiar. They want to create something for someone that is a nation. They wanted to create something different. Sometimes you may have to pay a few fines on your way. And what God wants you to do. You may have to make a few sacrifices. You may have to save when you don't want to save. You may have to fast and pray when your body doesn't feel like it. The designers, when they came up with this shoe, they said, <laughs> they said it, it, it's like the logic of water. Like the shoe was always here. It's like it's always existed. Child of God. Child of God. When God opens a door, when God opens a door for you, walk through it like you belong. Walk through it like you've always been here. Don't be timid. Don't be shy. Walk in there in the power of the Holy Ghost. He said this shoe, even though it was just created, felt like it's always been there. Do you know that Nike sold three million dollars worth in one year. Now, Air Jordan has sold 162 million in the first year. Michael Jordan is reported to make $400 million per year 
in passive income as a result of his revenue share from just this shoe. Coin. Then in 2003, Nike ended up buying Converse, bought them over. And when they asked Michael Jordan's mom, why in the world should we give him a market share? It's never been done for anybody else. We just pay the athletes their endorsement and they go their way. We don't give anybody market shares. Do you know what his mom told them? He said, a shoe is just a shoe until my son steps into it. <laughs> what are you speaking over your children? Are you calling them nations? Are you calling them idiots? She said, a shoe is only a shoe until my son steps into it. Until you become the nation God is calling you to be. This church is just a church. My life was just a life until you stepped into it. Stand up, baby. My life was just another life. And then God added Jadon. Jadon, stand up. And Beulah. And all the way from Atlanta, when I thought that was done, God called Uncle Errol and Sister Diane, stand up into my life to take their place. When you know I needed a mother, he brings ELC into my life to take her place as a nation. ELC, can you stand up, please? And then he added Sister D. I told her a testimony about when we were homeless and every day I'll come to church to lead prayer and she would just smile. I said, Brother Amy, God bless you. She had no idea that her smile was healing me. She was being productive. Can you stand up, please? And then he gave me a father in Adoroi that advises me and tells me, Amy, you can't afford to fail. You can't afford to fail God. You can't fail your family. And he didn't come alone. He came with Mama Anita. Can you stand up? Then Sister Zainab, anything you need in PT, call Zainab. I call her the governor. <laughs> Yesterday, I needed to write a card. I couldn't remember the, the person's last name. Let me sorry, it was you. I called Zainab. I said, Zainab, please, what's Yemi and Ore's last name? Within seconds, Zainab sent me their last name because she's productive. Stand up, Zainab. And then I have Elder Pino that advises us on the process of buying a home, what we need to do, where we need to go. Can you stand up, sir? And then he gave me a counselor in Uncle Tade because he's a nation and a productive one. He steps into my life. Uncle, stand up. And Sister Simone, praise with me. If you really need mountains moved, oh Jesus, if you really, really want to see someone that has a heart for souls, Sister Simone is a nation. Uncle Fred and Auntie Tina, Uncle Fred, we're still supposed to go to Ghana. We got to get the podcast going because that's where I'm supposed to launch my music because that's where Tommy recorded a new album yesterday. He has to come to your podcast and talk about it. Our children are growing. They're innovative. They're intelligent. They're coming. We got to set we got to set it up for them. Uncle, stand up with auntie. Everybody here is playing a role. You're playing a role. When we went snow tubing, you see, I have a story. Lord, see, if I didn't talk about you, it doesn't mean you don't have a place in my life. Huh? <laughs> I don't want to get any text message after this. Yes. Look at Eric. Look at Lauren. What am I trying to say? Right here in PT, if we can just be vulnerable with each other, if we can just be productive and answer the call to be a nation. Am I going to talk about Rootsin? Two months ago, Rootsin had to pick me up from the freeway when my car broke down. When I called him, I said, man, look at the car I just got. Rootsin started crying. Am I lying? He said, bro, I have tears in my eyes now because I know. Because I know. He's here. He's a witness. Rootsin, stand up. Look at Ore. And look at Boyemi. After how many years? Twelve years. God has made your testimony my therapy. God has made your testimony my therapy. I can believe God. 
that Ruby is going to speak. If he could give you a child after 12 years, he can heal my daughter. Everybody stand up. If you have some empty pots and empty spaces that you want to surrender to God, the altar is open. You can come. Our elders are going to minister to you. But before we do that, if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, this is your opportunity to take him into your heart so you can become a nation, a productive nation. Your life has to count for eternity. You that's listening to me from the hospital, yes, you are chosen because a day is going to come. When you're granting an interview, they're going to ask you, did you always ever think you'll be this successful? Did you think God would do this? You tell them, yes, because I've always been royalty. I've always been a chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. I've always been a nation. I was royalty before you crowned me. Receive your healing right now. Right in that hospital bed. We pray that the power of the Holy Ghost will hit that bed. You will get up from there and walk home. You that is listening to me from jail, your body may be incarcerated, but your mind is not. Your spirit is not. You carry in you the hope of glory. His name is Jesus. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, please say this prayer with me. Father, thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for another opportunity to give my life to you. I surrender all. I surrender all. And I thank you that from today, I can truly declare that I am a royal priesthood, that I am a holy nation to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to give us this blessing and I want you to shout amen before we invite the people that want to come up for prayers. In this second half of the year, you will break new grounds. I can't hear you, PT. In this second half of the year, you will break new grounds. You will chart new territories. You will discover new solutions. You will create new products. You will set new records. And you will change long-standing paradigms Amen. with ease Amen. and beyond your imagination in Jesus' name. Amen. May you always enjoy divine presence of God, Amen. which is the spirit of creativity, Amen. innovation, Amen. and inspiration. Amen. God will answer you Amen. and give you speed, Amen. everlasting joy and laughter. Amen. Your seasons of celebration Amen. begin now Amen. and you shall break forth in singing Amen. when you turn to the north to the south, to the east, and to the west. As you step into this beautiful day, with both you and your family, we walk in security, in prosperity, in good health, throughout this season and beyond. You will not walk into any evil trap in Jesus' name. Go have a blessed and productive week in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout amen. Please, if you need prayers, after the dismissal, if you need prayers, please just come up here. If you're like me, and you want to surrender some empty parts to God, you want him to pour into them this morning. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.